0: I don't know what it was about last time, but my levels are certainly much more accurate this time. Well that's good. Yeah, I have no clue. Solving audio problems like we do it for a living. Hey. <laughs> Some of us do. Or at least have done it a hundred and twenty <laughs> times. Welcome to We Were Gamers Podcast. <laughs> I'm a little higher energy than last week, you guys, because I accidentally forgot that I shouldn't drink coffee at 6 p.m. Ooh. Ooh, that's, that's you know, a spicy thing to forget. It's, yeah. it's going to be a late night. <laughs> that was everybody. We're coming back from a holiday weekend. We're actually recording on a holiday because why not? I mean...
1: Yeah,
2: happy Labor Day, guys. Yeah, yeah happy Labor happy, Day. Don't wear Labor white Day. anymore now. Yeah. Sure. Let's, let's do some labor on this Labor Day and talk a lot. F- fashion <laughs> plebes don't wear white. Yeah. I'm, I'm actually trying to think back. Do I even own anything white? I think I have like a couple white dress shirts. I don't that know how that it. can count for men and white dress shirts. Though. Yeah, right? I think it's really a sexist
0: kind of thing, telling women what they can't wear, but it can't apply to men. There's no way, because you can't tell
2: us the only dress shirt we own we can't wear. Yeah, like <laughs> what are you just... People that have to wear tuxedos, are they never going to wear the tuxedo then? What right, other color shirt can you wear? Look,
0: white tuxedos are okay now, and we need to remove all constituent dress code violations and fashion things from Labor Day. No more of this. White is fine all year round, especially at Christmas. So this doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I also
2: <laughs> feel like it's definitely more of an East Coast thing, since in California people already don't follow the rules about what you should wear when anyway.
0: Yeah, plus it's 95 degrees
2: in, yeah. you know, in November. You got to wear something light colored. You can't tell me that I'm not allowed to wear sandals almost everywhere in California. So, yeah, yeah I, don't... I think it's I think it's one of those old South clothing rules, which also
0: doesn't make sense. It's hot there, too. And it's muggy.
1: Yes. Yeah.
0: Holiday weekend, you guys. I had a busy one. I assume you all did as well. I don't know how we're going to even cover it all or use the whole podcast just for that. So I think we should each pick a thing. One thing. Sure. Yeah. Oh, I, yeah. I got a good one. All right. You go. You go. You. Okay. Um, have Michael. You guys Michael. Uh, hey, guys. <laughs> JJ's here as well. Hello. And uh, as always, I'm Andrew.
2: Um, <laughs> have you guys ever unintentionally climbed a mountain? No. I will say that all the times I've climbed mountains, it was intentional.
0: I don't okay. know that that's true, JJ. We accidentally climbed some part of a mountain in Korea, going to that Buddhist
2: temple. Mm, that mm, You're right. I don't know if it was unintentional, though. We were kind of trying to get there. We were trying to get there, but no one told us it was on the side of a
0: mountain. Yeah, However, we did true. not crest or complete the mountain. We stopped at the temple and then came back down. So okay. maybe got 400 feet up a mountain and then came back down. It was very high. I remember being tired. <laughs> Did you accidentally
1: climb an entire mountain? Um, mostly, yeah. So we were up in Tahoe this weekend celebrating our first anniversary. Insert soundboard crowd clapping sound. Yeah, congratulations! <laughs> congratulations yeah, thank you, you guys. thank you. We had a we had a great weekend. Um, but one of the things that we wanted to do was there was a hike up in Squaw Valley called, what was the name of it? Shirley, the Shirley Canyon hike that we had read about in one of the, um, scenic places to go magazines that we picked up a copy of over breakfast and it listed it as a moderate hike about three miles long. And when you made it to the top, the end of the trail was the tram stop. Where you could take the tram up for all the different ski lifts in the winter time, and so if mm. you make it to the top of the hike, you can then take the tram back down into Squaw Village. So we figured Got that it. sounds fun. We'll we'll make the climb, um, and then we'll take the tram back down. So we started out probably about three fifteen, three thirty in the afternoon, um, figuring that would you know that would be plenty of time for a, a three mile hike. And, um, it was a little, little confusing as to exactly where the trail started, but we got it cleared up and we went the first, I don't know, mile and a half. Um, and there were some, there was some climbing up some rocks up a, you know, dry stream bed sort of thing, but nothing super strenuous. And then we come around the corner of the trail and there is this sign that says warning steep granite terrain ahead and it That's basically what you want to see yeah it informs us that what we have climbed already is not steep we have <laughs> gone halfway Uh-oh. we have gone halfway mileage wise so we're about a mile and a half into the 3 mile trail but we have only climbed th- 700 feet and have 1300 to go Oh, uh, that's a lo- that's a lot of vertical. So, so when you start doing the the math on the elevation change there, it pitches real hard, real fast for the second half of the of the climb. So and you we had rock started- climbing
0: gear with you, right?
1: No, oh. no, we were just in in hiking shoes. Okay. Um, and so to to make this even more fun is the fact that the hike started at sixty two hundred feet.
0: So you're climbing yeah. to about eighty 8, two 8,
2: hundred feet,
1: eighty two, eighty three hundred feet. I think it was twenty one hundred total feet of climb. That's
2: a mountain, like yeah. a real mountain. It is meant to ski down, I think, right? So yes,
1: yeah. Although there, I don't. Most of the section that we climb is not. It was either part of the creek, or it was not in one of the. Um, N- you ski weren't walking up the trail, yeah, yeah, so we that did we did come across a a lift, probably eighty percent of the way up, but we you know we had to climb high enough to get to the point where all the lifts would let people off, Yowza. so that was that was fun. We made it to the top five minutes before the last tram, oh, holy smokes, <laughs> which was good because oh, wow. otherwise we would have been um crashing the wedding at the top and uh waiting until they all decided to descend. Or maybe walking down the fire road that went all the way back down on the other side, because there was no way we were doing that climb in reverse. In the dark? Well, by the time we got back down to the bottom, it would have been dark, yeah. Oh, my. Yikes. So that was my one
2: thing, I guess. Oh, wow. (laughs) My one thing is not as exciting as that. Uh, We did do a bit of nature. Uh, We went out to Palm Springs, uh, Palm Desert specifically. Uh, did a nice little uh, nature hike there Walked through some slot canyons And got a nice little tour of the desert uh, It was pretty fun If you guys have never done that uh, I recommend it um, But that's not the main thing that I think we want to talk about I want to talk about Playing mini golf Have you guys played uh, mini golf recently We almost did
1: over the weekend I really I can't remember the last time I did
2: You um, guys Mini golf is fun Oh, it's it's great. We actually played a couple of we- uh, a couple of months ago. So yeah, I it's probably been gosh, I can't guess how many years. Uh, some friends of ours were out there, uh, and we met them up at night because it's a billion degrees during the day, and you do not want to play mini golf in hundred degree weather. But you know, when it's like eighty at night, that is the perfect time to play mini golf. Absolutely, because nice. well, you,
0: I have a strong opinion about this. You do want to play mini golf at night, right? There's really no reason to play during the day
2: unless you're going with kids. Yeah, so, like, playing during the day is fine, right? There's nothing wrong with it, but it's definitely better at night, assuming the course actually has lights that work. Yeah, a lot of them are are designed to be all lit up at night. Yeah, and they have lights. Uh, to be fair, this place had lights that just not all of them were working, uh, which made it tough in certain places. Um, but, yeah, mini golf is good. It's, like... If you actually want to try to be good, it's kind of hard, but if it is a fun activity to do uh, with a group of people, that is for sure. Did either of you guys play much mini golf when you were young?
0: I played it quite a bit, especially during summer. Uh, we'd go during camps and things and early on in high school, I can remember going at night quite a bit so i'm I'm, I'm a solid
2: putter. I feel like that was me also, like during the summer, my dad and I would go like during the day for like a thing to do to get me out of the house or we would go, you know, like after a movie or just like, you know, something to do for the day. I don't know if I went with too many camps, but like, it was definitely just like a thing to do during the summer, you know, like go play around a mini golf and like have a nice day out or whatever. I enjoyed making sure I was not
0: a hooligan golfer, you know, the people that were like smashing it around and like bouncing the ball three holes ahead and then running around like crazy people yeah
1: taking full swings
0: every time you go to mini golf you run into those people what why yeah what are you doing
2: there go somewhere else go to a batting cage they usually (laughs) have them right there They usually have them right there yeah exactly uh i don't know young kids definitely it's more a little more understandable because they're like out having a fun thing with their friends or whatever and running around the course being crazy but like what what if you want to like be good it's like hard to be good at those courses, man. It's, it's not so easy. Years ago,
1: I, I must have been in high school because um, I was home. It was summertime. And on ESPN2, they were playing the World Mini Golf Championships. What? And these guys are, are as good as you would expect from world champion mini golfers. That sounds like something like I lining up, watch. lining up all of the angles, all of the crazy shots that you you know you walk up to a new hole on mini golf and you see, okay, I can see what I'm supposed to do here to get a hole in one, but there's no way I could ever hit this
2: shot right. They they hit them like they're nothing. Yeah, I, I will uh, applaud. Two of the girls that were with us got holes in one, uh, which was pretty good. Uh, and I will say that I was robbed of one. By, uh, you know, there's, there's those, uh, the mini golf ones where you hit it up and there's like a, a ramp and like halfway up the ramp, there's a pipe. And then at the very top of the ramp, there's a pipe. Oh yeah. You got to get the right pipe, right? You got to pick the right pipe. Well, okay. So I hit it in what ostensibly should have been the right pipe. It comes down to a little putting green. The ball rolls right to the hole, bounces in and bounces right back out and is then off to the side of the hole. Uh, the worst. Was it some sort of like green lip? You know, when the courses
0: get old, the greens have lips near the holes and they, they kind of like... Uh, they definitely droop were. Or they lift up where the, where the feet grass is kind of lifting up a little bit and it creates
2: a hill. Yeah, there definitely were some of the holes that had that, but no, in this case, it looked like the ball just had a bit of a bounce coming out of the pipe. It wasn't rolling. It was like kind of jumping a little bit. And so Ooh. it just jumped and... Bounced in and bounced out. Robbed. Yes. Very much so.
0: Robbed. Uh, Have you ever done, speaking of childish things to do, not childish in a, well, this is childish, but that wasn't, okay. Backing up. Reversing. (laughs) Things from our childhood. (laughs) Well, I never did this as a kid, but I guess it was a thing. Uh, I participated in a fruit by the foot race today.
2: Oh, yeah. I I did that as a kid.
0: Oh, yeah? Okay. I,
2: hold on. Someone... I I don't know the word of this, but maybe I did the thing. Can you explain what that is? So you remember what a fruit by the foot... It's the rolled
0: candy that's on, like, right. a spiral on a piece of paper? Yeah, yeah. Okay. You unspiral the whole thing, and you put one end in your mouth, and then you eat the whole thing without touching it?
2: Okay. And Got you it. do it as a race. It's like whoever can eat the whole thing first. You win. Yeah. Do you like unroll it all first and then just like start slurping it up or do you have to unroll and eat together?
0: No, you unroll the entire thing first.
2: Okay. So you just like hold it up and then just like go. Yep. I don't think I ever did that. It's, it's extremely silly
0: and childish, but something that uh, someone had mentioned that they had all done as kids and the rest of us had not. And uh, so, at a Labor Day party today, a bunch of adults gathered in a circle, and we did a race of by fruit by the foot as children <laughs> looked on, wondering
2: what are these wondering old people what doing. we were doing. Yeah, mm-hmm. good yep. job, you guys. Yeah, that's great. That's great. That's great. It, that actually sounds kind of fun. <laughs> it was it was
1: fun when, I, from what I remember of doing it as a kid, we had we always had a good time with it. Speaking of
0: childhood snacks, uh, Oreos, deep fry them. Yeah, I mean, well, it's the end of summer, so I guess you can't do it until next summer. Yeah, I, Oreos are fine. <laughs> I'm I'm a little bit concerned. We might have to go see if Oreo is okay. Check in on Oreo.
1: They announced a, two new flavors today: chicken wing and wasabi. Oh, they're they're branching out into savory. I don't know about this.
2: I have to is say, it, okay, I okay. Hold on, though. Is the chicken wing flavor, does it actually taste like a chicken wing, or does it taste like buffalo sauce? Is one of those actually better than the other? Yes. Do I need to do
0: the research (laughs) to answer this question? Or should
2: we debate the merits of either? Here's what I will say. If it tastes like buffalo sauce, that's a flavor I could see you making a cream filling out of. I cannot see any way you make a chicken-flavored filling <laughs> and put it in an Oreo.
1: So, so you're saying the buffalo wing would get you that sort of chili chocolate? Yeah, maybe. Okay. Look, it I, <laughs> yeah, I, don't, I don't think it's good. I can see it if I squint. Yeah, I don't think it's good.
2: No my eyes one should eat <laughs> on this. one. Either one is bad, but I could see a world where someone wants the buffalo one. I don't see any world where that chicken one gets out of a lab. All right. So I,
0: I definitely recall the photograph of these picture of these uh, Oreos and the chicken wing one is a slightly orangish color. So my guess is that you're right. It's some sort of Buffalo related flavor.
2: Okay. It's still bad. It's definitely still bad. Uh, and what was problem, the other one? Sorry. Uh, wasabi. I, I blocked it out of my mind. Oh God, that's even worse. <laughs> block, block it back out. Yep, Here's block the issue it back I out. have with this. Because like green tea would be
1: okay. Green tea I so like that green would tea be amazing.
0: There are Japanese Oreos with matcha in them. Yeah. So how, how, how do we you not do get those? I see a game coming.
1: Oh no! I I see where you're going with this minefield.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's like that's the worst possible game to lose. You just <laughs> you lose that game and your mouth is like. Well, I guess your nasal cavity is cleared, but well, everything the first else is three awful. three times you were happy because you got
0: matcha, and then the fourth one, you just shouldn't have played roulette, you know?
2: There's actually a bar that does this, uh, literally that thing, like Russian roulette with chicken wings down here. Oh, no. And it's like hot chicken wings, but then one of them is ghost pepper hot. Are we done with food? I think we've all hit our one
1: thing, yeah? <laughs> well... Good. It sounds like good weekends, mostly. Full
0: weekends. Um, yeah, for sure. Definitely good. Full weekends full of of news? There's some things that happened. I think that I, don't, I have a lot of comments on a lot of different things, and I know we started to talk about them before the podcast, and we said, wait a minute, wait a minute. If there's this much, we should just bring it all up on the podcast. So maybe news we're most excited about and then other stuff? Sure. Okay. Consensus reached. I'm going to lay out there that I am very, very excited that Capcom has not, I want to say a bad word, the bed, blanked the bed mm-hmm. okay. on a franchise that they own and have owned for a long time that has just fallen away and had a huge following. Have you ever heard of a game called Onimusha Warlords? Mm-hmm. That does not no. ring a bell. No. no?
2: Nothing? I okay, I know that franchise, but I don't know if I ever played any of them.
0: There was Oni Musha Warlords, Onimusha Samurai something, Onimusha Demon, I think. There were three at least. And you you were a Roninish type samurai? Running around um some sort of feudal Japanish type place with a bunch of demons running around it reminds me a little bit of a demon soul style game that you would call it now mm-hmm. where you collected uh, essences from the things that you killed and they kind of ran to your character and you used them to beef your character up um right i definitely okay. the action adventure style i think you just used the sword i don't think you got like a bow or anything they used a lot... It was kind of like a Resident Evil engine, I believe, that they used for it. So it was a lot of the mm. levels had a fixed camera, so you couldn't really move it around like you probably could in later design that, versions of this stuff. That uh, probably explains why I wasn't too into it. Okay. Yeah. What, what, uh, what platform are we talking? This is a PlayStation 2 game. It was a Capcom game. Okay. Yeah. And one that I remember vividly playing for quite a bit of time because I was never into the... This is not a. This is like the, an open secret, but I do not like zombie-related things very often. I am make a huge exception for the Walking Dead, but we can make tons of, agree, of arguments as to why it's not a zombie show slash book. But other than that, I'm not a huge fan. So the Resident Evil and just general horror series don't usually appeal to me. Uh, when I got to play the same type of game, but with samurai and like demons and stuff, that was pretty cool. And then that thing went away and in the era of put it out on every platform, Onimusha and Capcom have, they've disappeared no longer. You guys will get to play a great game for the Switch pretty soon. Switch, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and Steam are going to see Onimusha next year.
1: Uh, Something new, something old that they're bringing, they're porting across. I believe it is
0: Warlords Remade. Okay. Which would be the first game. So okay. I
2: wonder if they are then doing a lot of the stuff that they did for that remake of the Resident Evil games, where they, like, took the bad controls away and let you use good ones. One would hope. I Yeah, I would also hope.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that made a big splash when they did that. A lot of people were excited.
0: Well, you know, it's hard to tell because... They have such a following for Resident Evil that will always, it's always fine, right? That no one, no one's willing to say that Resident Evil games are generally all bad or whatever, you know? Um,
2: I think definitely, though, there are people that would say they like that original Resident Evil game, but they wish it didn't control like garbage.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> and so, I, you know, I think it was very positively received when they, like, put it out with, you know, what people consider the normal modern controls even though you don't have a camera cuz that game has fixed camera positions.
0: I'll be excited to see this. I'm definitely I'm in. Oh, that's great. I mean, awesome. I'm in on yes. this. I'll, I'll you,
2: look it up, learn more about it, maybe check it out. <laughs> and you know, it's interesting that there's the new game from From Software is a similar aesthetic to that. Like oh, yeah? a single samurai guy running around in vaguely feudal Japan-ish thing.
0: Mhm. Maybe somebody else was tired
1: of not seeing Musha games.
2: Hey, made their own.
1: I hear you.
0: I hear you.
2: I,
1: I did see a small piece of, of somewhat related news, Andy. Uh, I don't know if either of you guys saw this. The PlayStation 2 is officially being retired. Wait. Come again? So they stopped, they stopped production. Yeah, that was the same thing that I said when I saw the, the headline. They stopped production of them, I think, in 2012. But the repair factory in Japan was still performing repairs on any units that were sent back in no longer oh. uh, I believe as of the end of August um, if you had filled out a repair request by August 31st and you got your console to them by September 7th they would still repair it and after that they were done no more support PlayStation 2 is hanging it up Officially. I wonder if this bodes well for a
0: PlayStation 4 marketplace for that type of stuff. Obviously, they're bringing out, you know, Onimusha's coming. They've been bringing out a lot of PlayStation 2, PlayStation 3 games. I wonder if the PlayStation 4 is that easy to code for that they're now saying, like, you know what? These PS2 people can can get these games again.
2: Yeah, I wonder. I think the you just got to assume this is Sony going like, all right, how many of these people do we need to employ over here? Let's like shuffle this over to some other division here. But, I mean, yeah, PlayStation 4 has been out for quite a while, so maybe it is just getting easy enough where people are just like, you know, we can just port one of these things pretty quick.
0: Well, it took Sony until last year or the year before to hang up CDs, you know? Yeah, Yeah. They don't produce those anymore either now Or Tapes They produced tapes well into the 2000's I believe Uh, Good on them For doing it this long I guess I wonder I don't think it'll skyrocket Values of Playstation 2's very much
2: Probably not Doubtful I mean there were lots and lots And lots of Playstation 2's sold (laughs) Mine is still under my bed Yeah I have mine uh, under my TV In my office no it still works haven't. just fine, as far as I know. Yeah, same. Wow. Cool. In other game-related news, uh, Andrew, you may be excited uh, in the way that I am to hear that Battletech has announced their uh, expansion thing. I don't They're... really know what to call it. Well, there's an expansion
0: and a patch coming. I know, I know they used Gamescom to talk about what I would call a content expansion but not a full expansion
2: yeah so i think they're called yeah they call is it like farpoint is that the i believe you're right that sounds right to me (laughs) um and they're talking about adding more mission types for light and medium mechs to make them more useful
0: yeah so they're adding in the i want to talk about that in a second but they're adding in something called what are they called? They're called extended engagements as well. Right. So so this is an interesting dichotomy I want to lay out. They're they're talking about adding in missions where you're going to need to bring medium and light mix. I wonder mm-hmm. how they're going to tell you that and what that means. Generally, I would guess that means you need to catch up to something, so you need something that moves fast. Right. Uh, but extended engagements are these engagements where you will, much like some of the story missions, and I don't think this is a spoiler, it'll warn you in advance of this, hey, you're not going to get to repair your mech between now and the next mission. Right. To me, that
2: screams, don't bring a light mech. (laughs) Right. You definitely don't want to bring a light mech if you have no chance to repair it because, yeah, I mean, you lose... One arm, and you've lost eighty percent of the firepower. Potentially,
0: did you know in that game that if you put a weapon system on the arms of your mech, it is more accurate?
2: Huh. I don't you know get if a I shot knew that. bonus for that. You get a bonus on the
0: arms. You get you get a plus one accuracy bonus to the weapon that is on
2: the arm. And if, for instance, if I put it in the torso or the chest, you, you lose do not that bonus. One. Interesting. I did not know that. See I did not
0: either it's so deep. I did not either because I don't know where you would possibly find that, but it makes the possible loss of your weapon because it's on a more fragile part of your mech
2: somewhat better. Yes. Cause I was frequently uh putting my rare and expensive weapons in the torso pieces, which I then put maximum armor on because yeah, exactly I was... inside of my
0: mechs too, of course. Yeah. Until you try to squash TTS elements in there and
2: then you can't fit everything (laughs) yep well that's very rad news uh i am excited to try that stuff out i think so okay so that's the like content expansion they're talking about
0: yeah and they're, they're trying to create more mercenary content for after the game is over it sounds like
2: Which is awesome.
0: Like I I think that the sure I still even I haven't even hit five stars with my merc contracts in that game.
2: So did you get through the ending of the story?
0: Yes, I have completed the story and I have taken 136 hours in that game, and I still have not completed all five stars of the reputation with Comstar.
2: Oh, got you. Um, Yeah, I I still
0: have yet to find a regular atlas. I tried again last (laughs) night for like an hour and a half, flying around all these planets. No Atlas.
2: I'm excited about that, so uh, I hope that whatever that is uh, comes out. Did they say if it was going to be paid? I believe it was free. Okay. Cool.
0: Which is crazy, considering this game has
2: already started going on sale. Yeah, I mean well you know i I am sure at some point in the future there will be paid expansions absolutely uh they seem to have a long
0: game a uh, plan for this thing, possibly maybe I would guess another story arc somewhere yeah, um and I would gladly pay for that, and I think that people, if they see it for forty percent off like I've seen it, should double down and buy a copy immediately i' just i'm I'm in love with it. It's a fantastic game. We've talked enough about that on this pod. The patch that came, by the way, not a ton in it. They changed the morale mechanics, though, so I'm interested to try that out eventually.
2: Ooh, I definitely need to try that out then.
0: Yeah, your ship gives you fury when you start combat, and fury operates differently, and there will be new mech warrior abilities. They're revamping all those.
2: Okay, cool. Yeah. Well, in other news of things that were given to people who already own the game, <laughs> uh, Divinity Original Sin 2 uh, is a game that I played uh, quite a lot of when, back when it came out, uh, and they put out a what they're calling the Definitive Edition, uh, which is the same game uh, if you own it on PC. Uh, it is now just the Definitive Edition. You have the option, I guess, to play it as the previous version, but apparently... Uh, they rewrote large portions of the quest. They re-recorded. They said like fifteen hundred lines of dialogue or something, uh, and you know made a bunch of combat tweaks and stuff. Uh, and also have put the game out on consoles. So if players there want to go try the uh, that particular brand of turn-based strategy, uh, I recommend it. It's a great game. I loved my playthrough on PC. So now I'm looking down the barrel of potentially having to play another 80 hours. <laughs> oh, <that>. no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we'll man. see how that goes. I
0: have it's a fun. interesting update on Gwent as well. Because I know we play, you played a ton of Divinity Original Sin, right? And um, we played a lot of Gwent for a long time until they started to change... Not I'm not going to say for the worse or anything, but like until they started to change it a little bit from definite rows like they had in it to kind of a more fluid. Um, it really
2: got to the point where I didn't understand the point of the rows. They had made every card playable in so many different places that like the rows were sort of meaningless.
0: Yeah. It was really only to try and have, like spread your dudes out so they didn't all get hit by weather. Yep. Um, Which even then they changed weather so that it didn't affect, I don't know. Yeah. It, it got sounds to be a like, lot. That that game has gotten to be a lot, and also that the rules for cards have gotten complicated enough that they need to break the teams apart from they were planning to bring out an original single-player story-based card game. into They brought it out into another game. They're not going to leave it inside Gwent. It'll be a separate game called Thronebreaker.
2: So that's like a really interesting move. And Hearthstone, Mm. I guess, kind of is the parallel there. And... Hearthstone's single-player stuff does not typically change the same way its multiplayer stuff does. Right. I think that's to the benefit of that game, and it's probably to the benefit of this thing, too.
0: This would be like if Hearthstone, though, launched another game called Cards of Warcraft or something, <laughs> right? Yeah, like... I like that name. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Um, it, but it would be like like that, right? And then expecting a bunch of people to jump over there. I don't. It's a little bit of an interesting decision. I don't I know that I'll, I'm against it or anything, but...
2: Yeah, I think also going into this is the idea then that that thing is now a paid product where Gwent uh, currently is free.
0: I wonder if they will try to occupy the same space as Slay the Spire. Mmm. This is supposed to have a narrative, though.
2: So it won't be that similar then.
0: But I wonder if it would be a narrative version of the same game.
2: Yeah. Interesting. And you wonder then, are they just like totally divorcing this game from Gwent? Like, is it not going to play the same as Gwent? Is it just going to be some other game? That's also a card game or is it going to be Gwent ish, but now the rules are different and they kind of can do whatever they want because they're not tied to the multiplayer.
0: It's a divergent thing.
2: I'm sure as the games go on, they will become less involved with each other. But, yeah, I mean, I think it's cool i we enjoyed that time we played Gwent, so I don't you know I'm not against the idea of them doing this, yeah, it's unfortunate that Gwent
0: maybe it's hearthstone's fault that Gwent didn't stick with us as long as it did, or as long as it should have,
2: yeah, probably, I think also it's um the lack of a mobile client, oh, yeah, that could be
0: all right, well, last episode we started a thing called crazy headlines you've never heard before or something. I don't... That's working, not what it was Working called. title. <laughs> working title, I like this it. This is Michael's <laughs> segment, but he didn't title it. Um, I got one for you today, you guys. Okay. So I want you to close your eyes and picture with me a 3D space. You're in space and you've got like a gigantic cube. Space. Space cube. Uh, and then you can put like, well, like a geometric pyramid and a geometric uh, let's say a a rectangle and a couple smaller squares this is now a game called flotilla as came out in probably 2010 and i doubt either of you played it it was a 3d combat simulated space game with very little it was actually very pretty. They used a lot of colors and um, beautiful backgrounds. But the ships were not really ships. They were kind of geometric shapes. And and based on how big they were, you got an idea of how powerful they might be and how slow they might be or how fast they might be. And there were a lot of statistics and a um, roguelike story where you bounced from combat zone to combat zone trying to win these 3d combat so your ships could go up down they could roll they could do all sorts of complicated maneuvers where they would fly uh if you had an up right because it's 3d but if you had an up they would up rotate come back down while shooting at certain you know people so it was kind of a small thought puzzle thing where you had a few ships to maneuver into combat great game a lot of fun Very simple. They've decided to release a second edition of this game, and they put out some pictures and it looks very similar, and I thought to myself, huh, they didn't really change this a lot. I wonder what the grab is to get people to play this. It will be PC only and VR only.
2: Mm Hmm. That seems rather niche. (laughs) Well, it sounds like the original game was kind of niche anyway, but... That's kind of cool, I guess. You can, like, move them through 3D space or something with your hands or something, maybe?
0: How do you feel about that? I know there's a lot of VR-only games. Most of them are designed from the ground up to be VR games, and this one seems like the first of a generation of games that was designed on a computer platform flat you know, screen to then move over. Do you think that that's where things are headed, or is this kind of a... Niche game, trying to find a different niche. Even though the people that likely would have played it would be me, and I don't have VR.
1: <laughs> well, the the first thing that it reminded me of when you said that it was going to be VR after describing the game was Ender's Game. Yeah, sure, okay, a little
0: bit. Yeah, if you, if you're, you took you're the reality out of the, it a little bit.
1: Sure, yeah. the The geometric shapes are a little different, but the the idea, you know, that you're in this 3D simulation of of a battle, is. Uh, I feel like you would like
0: Homeworld quite a bit and that if Homeworld made this, it would be bigger news. But I could see this being a test run for something like a game like Homeworld coming out and
2: saying we're only doing VR. You know, though, I think it makes sense to me in. Well, I don't know. I I guess the opposite of what this is doing makes sense to me to make a game that has a VR version and then also not a VR version because really, like, how many people have VR? If you want people to play your game, if you're attempting to, you know, make money or make a product that people see, yeah, you can't make a VR-only thing. There just aren't enough people with VR.
0: Well, it's been a long time since we've heard the uh, glowing news stories about how VR is changing the world and catching on. I think that that stuff might yeah, have been I think a little because overblown. <laughs> I think everyone
2: realized that that didn't happen. And when you
0: need a 1080 Ti to run it, anything good.
2: Uh, you know, I think you can get by with quite a bit less than that, but yeah, I mean, you need, you need expensive hardware regardless or a PlayStation yeah, and and
0: expensive hardware. (laughs) Yeah, exactly.
2: You know, I, I just think that, you know, the, the potential market for people with VR is just not that big. And so if you want people to play your game, you got to make a version that doesn't have the VR stuff also, which is probably a bummer. Um. And then so that puts a game like that in an interesting spot. Are they just making this VR thing like because someone on their team wanted to try it and they're just like, ah, let's do this VR thing and see how many we sell if we make it, you know, like you said, it was, it didn't look like it was that different from the original PC version Then, well, maybe it didn't cost them that much to make and they don't have to worry about it. Oh, I know
0: that the original PC version was made by one person, so this must be some sort of pet project.
2: Okay. Hmm. Well, I feel less bad about it then. It's not like they spent, you know. Hundreds of millions of dollars on a fancy new product that no one will get to play. (laughs) Yeah. Fair enough.
0: I'm going to say some words. Then we're going to do our little call to actions, because I know a lot of people, when I say these words, are going to turn the podcast off. But Michael (laughs) is probably chomping at the bit. It's officially football season and fantasy football season. But before we start on that...
2: (laughs) Do, 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 do.
0: Where could people get at us about all these news stories <laughs> and the things that they want to know more about or hear us talk about on this podcast?
2: Uh, they can do that at our email address, which is podcast at we com. Uh, but you can also get to us on uh, Twitter and Instagram. We're at We weweregamers there. Uh, and hit like on our Facebook and all that stuff. See, we post the podcast there uh which is We Were Gamers on Facebook as well. And we have a website, we were dot com. You can go right there and find the pod. And on your local uh Google or Apple store where podcasts are distributed. All those good places.
0: Alright, Michael, here's these rains. You just you just drive us straight off this cliff that is the rest <laughs> of the year of football and fantasy football and college football and road trips and
1: Oh yeah, so we'll leave we'll leave NFL off for now cuz it doesn't technically start until later this week. Um but college football is back. That is probably the the most exciting to me. Yeah, um I think you were you were at the game Andy that I uh, I did not watch over the weekend. That sort of unannounced anniversary gifts to my wife was to not subject her to the opening weekend of college football.
0: Well, it's now announced. <laughs> it's- <laughs> Well now that it's passed. <laughs> yeah, you missed out. It was a interesting opening season to college football. A lot of basically decided uh games went the way they should, but not in the most pretty fashion. And Pac-12 after dark got off to a good start with uh Arizona and uh BYU. It was it was quite the game.
1: <laughs> yeah, that one sounded like uh there were some fireworks.
0: And of course, I think also for a few people here, fantasy football season has started. Are you all happy with your teams? Are you grumbling yet? Are you Jarek
1: McKinnon? <laughs> so mine is, uh, my fantasy league is interesting. Um, I'm playing for the first time. One of my cousins put together a family league and there are only eight of us. So, I don't know if you guys have done leagues that small before, oh, yeah. but it tends to sort of concentrate the, the talent. So, let me uh, let, let me read you some names here. This is off my bench. Andrew Luck, Jack Doyle, I stashed Mark Ingram, Michael Crabtree, Shady McCoy. Pretty solid bench. Right.
2: So, I'm starters- going to your bench a little bit. Okay, I'm
0: going to bag on your bench a little bit Okay, Eight team league, why are you benching Any quarterback?
2: That's a good point
0: Touché. In an eight team league, you shouldn't have Shady McCoy You should have fostered him off under somebody else Because he's going to suck this season
2: That's a separate point
0: point. <laughs> and in an eight, eight team league Marvin Ingram should not be on a roster
2: <laughs> I don't think so Mark Ingram will do just fine But he'll, he is suspended he'll be fine once he's suspended for four games back.
0: And he's not the lead rusher either Alvin Kamara is so you're gonna roster a guy that's suspended four games and is gonna come back and be a third down and pass catcher?
2: Well, he was never a third down and pass catcher before, though. Kamara was the third down and pass catcher. He was the one and two guy.
0: But he's supposed to be. supposed to be flopped this year, or am I wrong?
2: I don't know. So I, you know, I don't, I don't know that he ever went and caught passes before. Not all right. that. All can't. right, I'll back off. So, all right, fine. Anyway, fine. I, keep Ingram on your roster. He seems all right. Fine.
0: I'm backing off
1: that one. Okay, so we'll we'll move to the starters then. Points taken. Just, though. Just I think there's a big row. question mark every around team, that whole team.
0: Every team in eight in eight team is just
1: murderers row on starters. Yep. Yeah. So flex positions: Golden Tate, Joe Mixon. Okay. Uh, tight end Jordan Reed. That's fine. Will he stay healthy for a season? Well, yeah, that's the thing, right? Running backs: Christian McCaffrey, David Johnson.
0: What? round did you get christian mccaffrey why got
1: Position did you get david johnson
0: <laughs> first
1: i think yeah i think i got david johnson with my first pick uh and i had the fourth pick okay fourth um and i think i got christian mccaffrey in the third or fourth round wow fourth round
0: it seems impossible
1: i, I want to say it was the it was the third round because i think i i picked a wide receiver and then came back and got mccaffrey so wide receivers, Michael Thomas, Doug Baldwin, and Big Ben at the helm.
0: So I have an, a question for you too. I heard this year of a variant that people are—it's starting to catch on with people. No kickers. So that
2: is huh. that has been common uh, before because people see kickers as basically replaceable, so they just don't deal with them and end up with you know whatever random kicker they pick up at the end. I think. The only problem with that is that uh, Yahoo, anyway, forces you to draft one of every roster position, so you can't. Oh, that seems problematic. But people definitely, once the draft has ended, will drop their kicker and pick up someone else.
0: Well, no, no, no. So, So there's leagues forming nowadays where they just don't even let you roster kickers. No kicker spot.
2: Oh, whoa. Spicy. That's different. Yep. I don't know about that. I mean, okay... I guess if you just don't care about kicking, but I think kickers add to the game. I don't you, think it's bad. You think so? I think it's fine. Okay. I
1: mean that it it strikes me as a little, you know, as in the same basket as 2QB leagues. No. Well, just in the sense that it's it's kind QB of a niche. Are bad. It's a niche category.
2: Yeah, it sounds like something weird that people do but is not like the standard way to play.
0: Okay. I, I just, uh, I've heard more about it this year than ever. I know the cube, two QB leagues are kind of dying out because they're bad.
2: Yeah. Also, you can't play with more than, like, eight people because you just run out of QBs. And you can't right, play with 12,
0: but you, you get screwed.
2: Uh, for the record, the leagues that I am in, uh, I also have Christian McCaffrey, and I got him in the auction for $44. What's your budget? Out of, two, out of 200 Wow. Okay. Uh, for it, Paying like a premium. For, well, uh, for the record, Le'Veon Bell in that league went for 72 and uh, Ezekiel Elliott 66. You people are nuts. And, and the wow. other league, I got him in the second round in the like 10th pick of 12. I feel like that was worth it. I hope oh, that he stays I should, healthy. I, oh, well, I yeah, there's the health he question.
1: Hurt. Our JJ, a question that's from having McCaffrey is, or I guess are, either of your league's PPR?
2: Yes, half PPR. Okay. That was a big reason why I considered him.
1: Well, that's that's the wrinkle about our family league that got set up as full PPR.
0: Ho-ho. Enjoy that. You need yeah. pass-catching backs. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, that I think that, that means Eckler you. just went up in value tremendously. <laughs>
2: yes. I Sorry. That guy's name always trips me up.
0: I think it's Eckler. I might be wrong. I think you're right.
2: I think you're right. Well,
0: I'm sure we'll continue the fantasy football after minute as the season goes on, as well as talking some college football this year, probably. A little bit. Maybe
2: not a lot of it. We'll see. Yeah. I mean, I watched that uh, San Diego-Stanford game. It seemed, it was pretty good. Yeah. I would say. Yeah, they, they
1: did a, uh, San Diego State, it sounded like they did a really good
2: job of uh, of bottling up Bryce Love. I would say it was a good game for Stanford, but a very (laughs) bad game for Bryce Love. Did you,
0: what did you uh, JJ think of the SDSU passing defense? However,
1: Uh, it was bad. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think that's a secret. (laughs) Well, from a, from a slightly historical perspective, that was always one of the weaknesses of, of some of the Stanford teams in the past. Uh, When McCaffrey came back, for his next season after his big season teams did the same thing that San Diego state did to Bryce love. They stacked the box and dared the team to pass over the top. And you know, there were varying degrees of success, but it's always one of those things that, you know, is the guy under center going to be able to step up to the occasion?
2: And the last one who really did was Andrew luck. I'm not, I don't know how good San Diego state will be. Um, And maybe Andrew, do you know? uh, You know, I know they did this deal with Stanford for a few years. Was this the last year of it, or is there two more?
0: I don't usually think those those like small school agreements last for very long, because it's Uh, already been two years, right? This is the second
2: year of the deal. Right, they've done one at Stanford and one down here in San Diego.
1: I would not be surprised. I know that next year and the year after, um, it, it's UCF. Okay, then it's just a two. Because they
2: wouldn't, yeah, so they wouldn't be go back to SDSU uh, yeah.
0: then. So there you go, two years.
2: Okay, Done. good to
0: know. And that's the way the cookie crumbles when it's made out of chicken wing.